back to the Pete McMurray Show. Lisa has long suffered from migraines her entire life. It's been pretty miserable for you. When did you finally start managing the symptoms? Um, when I finally saw the fourth neurologist in a three-year span and uh, found some relief. Yeah, it took a long time. Not until my late 30s That's did I kind of get horrible. a handle on things. I can't imagine what you've been through. The Migraine World Summit wants to help people like Lisa and anyone listening right now, go to MigraineWorldSummit.com. Let's welcome back to the show the producer and co-host of the Migraine World Summit. It is Carl Cincinnato. I saw your face when Lisa was mentioning she found out in her 30s. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very similar for me too. I had my first migraine attack when I was seven. I had no idea what was going on. I remember being in primary school and just like just tears rolling down, just just a general feeling of malaise but i knew something was wrong but i wasn't diagnosed till my teens like you know 10 years later it's wild i look back now and i think of all the times where i thought i was hungover or i didn't eat enough or i was really tired but really it was a migraine attack and starting like carl from age eight i can remember this happening all through continuing now so it's it's with you for life usually unfortunately I think there's a lot of people who like particularly like women for example around the menstrual cycle that have a bit of headache they have a bit of light sensitivity maybe a bit of nausea chances are that's migraine even though that they may be thinking it's you know just menstrual symptoms or pms it's you know that's menstrual migraine or it's menstrually related migraine and for the guys uh, i know a lot of men who have this sinus headache this pressure in their face and they have nasal discharge and they have all these symptoms but nine times out of 10, that's migraine as well. Unless you have a sinus infection, like sinusitis, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on both sides of the, you know, both genders that um, that are experiencing migraine. They just either haven't been diagnosed or they've been misdiagnosed. Pete's face, he looks shocked right now because you didn't know that about sinus pain, did you? I did not. And what's happened in the last year, remember I called you up. I had such a bad headache that it made me nauseous and it started to repeat itself, Carl. And I called up Lisa. I'm like, what's going on here? She's like, you got migraines. Did you have these as a kid? And, you know, you forget things. I'm talking to my mother. When I was in fourth grade, I used to have massive headaches. She'd lay me down on the couch, put a cold compress on my head. And she's like, just lay there, honey. Not thinking that, hey, maybe give me some pain medication or hydrate me because I I would always get a headache when I was dehydrated. And they just started coming back this year. I hate it. I hate that I'm in the club now. Well, and last year when we spoke to Carl, you had an attack not that long after. And you were like, I had no idea. I was part of the club. Yeah, it stinks. But here's the good news. We have people like you, Carl, on the show and we can share our stories. This goes on every single day. I'm sure you hear from people saying, oh, my God, I had no idea that I had migraines. Yeah, it's it really does. And it's funny because quite a few people figure it out after, you know, when I've been talking to them about the subject. And one person asked me, is it contagious? Like, can I get it from you? And um, rest <laughs> oh. assured, migraine is not contagious. You cannot pass migraine across to someone else like a cold. And um, So that's the good news. But it does, there is a genetic link and there is an environmental link that that is uh, related to the cause. So yes, you can have you can have a predisposition for migraine throughout your entire life and never express migraine yourself. You may have a sibling that has migraine or a parent, but things can bring it out. I think it's important that Pete keeps saying migraines and Carl is saying migraine. 
migraine, yep. it's a disease. It is yeah. a neurological condition. And an attack is what people generally think of as I have migraines. Really, you're having an attack, but you always have the condition of migraine. It's just that when the right circumstances happen, you get that pain and the other symptoms that come with it. Right. The nausea is what I noticed. Ugh. Oh, my God. I felt like I was well, going to throw up. It was so bad. There's an interesting interview in the summit this year that discusses all of the symptoms that are related to a migraine attack that have nothing to do with head pain. Nothing. And it's just like nausea, yeah, really? rain fog, what uh, mood changes, mood swings, exhaustion, not just being tired, but being exhausted. Well, Carl, what else am I missing? Carl, explain how do people recognize if they have migraines? There's people listening right now. Well, I get bad headaches, but eh, they're probably not migraines. Well, maybe they are, right? Yeah, yeah. There's actually there's actually three sort of little uh, tricks you can sort of ask people. So this is used by GPs to screen for migraine. And so if headache has interrupted your activity, your work, or your social life, or anything like that, um, several times over the last couple of months, that's one part of the question. The other part is, do you have any light sensitivity with your headaches? And the third question is, do you have any nausea or vomiting with your headaches? Now, if you answer yes to those three questions, oh. it's a nine times out of 10 probability that you have migraine. Now, it's not confirmed, but it's but it's definitely worth going to the doctor to, to speak to them about um, your freaking headaches. So the first step is talk to your doctor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you need a diagnosis, I know it right? sounds it silly. Diagnosis. Carl, it sounds silly, but... People don't like calling up the doctor because they feel like it's always bad news. But for me, information is power. And if you have migraine, maybe it's a good thing. You should call your doctor. Yeah. And I get it, right? Like, you know, it's a hassle to go see the doctor. You've got to book them. It's expensive. You're waiting. It's it's not a pleasant necessarily experience. But if you can get um, if you can get a clear diagnosis, the good news is that you know, migraine can be managed. There's effective treatments that are out there that are safe, that have you know, lower sort of side effect profiles. You don't have to put up with frequent headache. It may be common, but it's not healthy. And I think unlike when we were all growing up, the medicines that are available now are so widely different. And there's so many more available where maybe back in the 80s and the 70s and even the early 90s, there weren't a lot of great treatment options. But right now there really are. So if you have not had luck in the past, you might have a totally different outcome this time if you speak to a doctor who is educated about migraine. Yeah, that's so true. I, I know, I know that this is happening quite often. In and your parent might have migraine, and they tell the child, "Look, I tried everything under the sun. I spent a fortune on doctors. You're the same as me. Nothing. I didn't respond to anything. Don't even bother. Save your money." But that is absolutely mm -hmm. not the case. Like there is reason now to go back. There's been new entire classes of new treatments available designed specifically to treat an, uh, an attack and also to prevent them from occurring in the first place. So it's a different it's a different ballgame today than it was five years ago. We're talking with Carl Cincinnato. He is the uh, producer and co-host of the Migraine World Summit. Go to MigraineWorldSummit.com. You sent us a stat before the interview. Over 36 million Americans have migraines. That's 11% of the population. Yeah, so it's it's circa 40 million Americans living with migraine. We estimate there's maybe three to six million of that of that group who are chronic. And that's, you know, to be chronic with migraine, that's 15 days or more out of your month. So more days on than not with migraine, which is just a miserable scenario and, and, a, and really affects quality of life. So 
we're trying to reach as many people as we can to hopefully prevent those people who are episodic from slipping into chronic right and mm-hmm. also to help those people in chronic to crawl out and um and to turn the corner in their own health are you too chronic do you wake up i i know lisa <laughs> you go days i had i had a headaches. period of chronic attacks yeah uh, definitely in my 30s i had a really bad span where i was chronic and i didn't even realize it because you just get so used to dealing with the pain and it wasn't until I found effective treatments and I started having less pain and less days of pain that I realized how affected I was. I was chronic for seven and uh, seven and a half years, roughly. Ooh. I had a shoulder injury playing football and damaged some ligaments in my in my shoulder that went up to the back of my neck. And within 18 months, I was having up to six migraine attacks uh, a week. But fortunately now, it's a very different um, scenario. But I went through the whole gamut, spent a fortune on the doctors, tried everything I heard of, did everything my doctor told me to, and I still wasn't getting better. It was it was really, really difficult, both physically and psychologically from just chronic pain. When did you both have that moment where you found out that you suffer from migraine disease and you got the medicine? Lisa, start with you. I mean, you never told me about that moment where... Someone finally diagnosed you because you got the information. Yeah. Well, ironically, as we were talking about sinus headaches before, I was at the doctor and I said, you know, I always feel like I have a sinus headache. Like it feels like it's a migraine, but it's always my sinus. He goes, no, that's a migraine. And it was just that moment of someone saying what it is and sending me a prescription. And I took my first acute med, which you take during an attack. And about 30 minutes later, it kicked in. And the euphoria, I was sitting at my parents' kitchen table just like giggling because I didn't know that there could be a medicine to take this horrible pain away. It it was, yeah, it was magical. Yeah, so migraines is as unique as a fingerprint. And so I never had that experience with migraine. I never found a treatment that would resolve my attack. An attack. Yeah, I had things that could take the edge off. But ice was just as effective as anything else that I was um, you know, taking um, medicinal-wise. But the turning point for me was when I actually went on a holiday with my partner at the time. Fortunately, she's now my wife. I kind of joked that we got married for worse <laughs> and then for better. But she stuck with me. She stuck with me through it all. And um, But I went on a holiday with her for her birthday. I had an attack every single day of the trip. It ruined the trip. I was having no quality of life. This is still whilst I was chronic. And I came back and I just resigned. I resigned from my, my full-time job. I forfeited my career. And I just, I just had to get a grip on what was going on. So I went full time into kind of learning about migraine, reading the medical journals, writing about what I was learning, and that's kind of where the the summit was born out. I um I started to get better slowly but steadily. I got help from some people anonymously online, and in doing what I was doing, I learned that there were still millions of people trapped in that dark room struggling with migraine. And that this might be a great way to pay forward some of the support that I received. Oh, my God. As soon as you said dark room, I wrote it down because I know someone that suffers from a migraine and she has to go to a dark room. She can't be Mm -hmm. around any lights. She turns on her fan and just sits there and waits until it goes away. That's terrible. Uh, Horrible way to live. I've I've waited out many of those attacks. It's sad. It's really sad. We're talking with Carl Cincinnato. He is the producer and co-host of the Migraine World Summit. Carl, sit tight. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about what is going on at the Migraine World Summit. Again, that website is MigraineWorldSummit.com. More with Carl Cincinnato on the way. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. 
Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. We're talking with Carl Cincinnato. He is the producer and co-host of the Migraine World Summit. Go to MigraineWorldSummit.com. Lisa, you got involved with this a few years ago. Explain to people why this is so important to you. It is a place online that has interviews from doctors from around the world, specialists from around the world about treatments, about why we have attacks, about ways to manage your lifestyle to make things easier, about questions you can ask your doctor for more effective treatment. And it's all in one place. And I feel like when I found, personally, when I found the Migraine World Summit about, what, six years ago, the information I learned made it possible for me to speak to my doctors in a way. And that is when my health started to improve. The more knowledge I had, it it just made me better at treating it. And I'm just so grateful to the summit. And I'm so excited to have Carl on because it truly changed my life because just working with the doctors wasn't cutting it. I had to learn more about this for myself. So I really just check it out. If you know someone, send them over to this site. There's so much amazing information. Thank you, Lisa. I mean, if we can just help one person like you each year, it's worth it, right? And it's there's a real challenge out there. We mentioned before there's 40 million Americans that have migraine. There's only 600 headache specialists. You do the math, that's 65,000 patients per headache specialist. So chances are, if you're listening, there's such a small chance that you'll ever see a headache specialist in your lifetime. So the Migraine World Summit's not trying to replace your doctor. It's trying to give you the information and the facts and the knowledge that you need to work with the doctor that you do have access to so that you can turn the corner on your health or that you can get diagnosed and you can find a treatment that's effective or find a way to manage migraine. It's to give you the tools because at the moment, there's just a critical shortage and that's not changing anytime soon. So this is this is something to give you a fighting chance. How therapeutic is it for all these people to get together and just talk about it? Yeah, it is therapeutic just to know that you're not the only one sitting in a dark room with some white noise on because you can't read, you can't watch TV, you don't want to listen to anything. Mm -hmm. You really are just sitting there in silence. So yeah, it's nice to know you're not alone, but it also stinks to know so many other people are suffering. Carl, what is it? Explain to people what the Migraine World Summit is. Do they go online? Do they log into something? What do they do? Yeah, so it's an online event for uh, people living with migraine, but it can also be parents or carers or anyone interested. And they can watch uh, four experts each day from March 8th to March 16th, talking on a whole range of different topics from things like treatments to sleep to uh, brain retraining to meditation, yoga, behavioral lifestyle factors, causes, symptoms, and so on. And um, it's just an opportunity to learn from the experts. So these are these are the people who stand at the podium at the medical events, training the headache specialists on how to do um, their job and sharing the latest research. Even if you're one of those very few precious people that are able to see a headache specialist, you don't get the opportunity in a consultation to really speak to and, and understand kind of what's going on about like what really is a migraine. Mm-hmm. It's always okay. Is this my diagnosis? And then okay, great. This is my treatment. Is the treatment working? And we're talking about the treatment and the options. And so it just gives people a really helpful perspective on why they're being told certain things by the doctor or things that they can do themselves at home to improve their own health and well-being. And so it's free to attend. And then on the last day, on the 16th, we have a highlights webinar where myself and my co-host, Paula Dumas, um, will be recapping the event and answering questions and, and talking about our favorite moments. So it's just a great opportunity. If you're one of those people that think you have migraine or if you know you do, 
to tune in, pick a couple of topics that you want to listen to or learn about. And, um, and hopefully you're really blown away. You pick up something new, you get some hope or you get an idea that can help you turn the corner in your migraine condition. What's the biggest thing that has helped you? I know, Lisa, you say when you're dehydrated, that's when they start. That's a trigger point. So you stay hydrated. Are you eating certain I foods? Do. You, to try you to can't avoid even foods? imagine all the things I do. Um, I take a monthly shot to help control my attacks. I have a daily preventative pill I have to take because that's not enough for me. I have acute meds. I do yoga. I see a chiropractor regularly. I walk almost daily keep a steady sleep and eating schedule. Those are very important. Anything you can do to keep your brain calm and on an even keel is great for people with migraines. So yeah, I have all of these routines kind of built into my day. It's exhausting. (laughs) Carl, how about you? I'm the same, actually. I think we know that what's good for the brain is good for migraine. And um, and it's just, as I was saying earlier, it's just good overall for your health and longevity. Mm -hmm. So for me, the big thing, you know, my doctor told me, or one of the doctors told me years ago, in good faith and and you know with the right reasons, that let's just try one thing at a time. That way we know what works and what you're responding to. And that makes sense from a doctor's point of view when you've got medications that can you know interact and cause unwanted side effects. But it meant that I was just relying entirely on the doctor and I wasn't doing anything else outside of that. And I didn't get better. And I didn't get better with any doctor that said that. And to Lisa's point, Bill, um, as she mentioned, she was, you know, she's doing a lot of things right now. And mm-hmm. it was, I only started to turn the corner when I did it, like all those things at once. So yes, I followed the doctor's instructions and took, you know, the specific medication, but I also started to do those behavioral lifestyle things, you know, around sleep, diet, hydration, um, movement, um, stress management, you know, resilience building, etc. you know, a supplementation. And you know, the doctor might say, okay, well, Carl, you're doing all this stuff, you know, you've halved your migraines, but we don't know what's working. And I would say, well, hang on a second. I just have my migraine, like my migraine attacks. (laughs) So like, yeah, that's the win there. And then once you get to that point where you're improving and you're stable, then that's when you can start to peel back and maybe stop some of the, you know, the more expensive or the more laborious, you know, things that you're doing that that may be helping or may not be. Right. It's like the elimination diet, isn't it? So you try all these things and slowly take a few away. Exactly. I don't know how you two have done it all these years. Just crazy. Migraine World Summit is going on right now. Go to MigraineWorldSummit.com. Carl, always great to see your face and have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Check out the Instagram. They have great information that they post on Instagram all the time. Thank you so much for having me, Pete and Lisa. It's been a blast. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.